This is the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts. Ooh. See, now we're spitting hot fire, Andy. Woo! Andrew Romanella. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. I'll be the best cheerleader. Father Time apparently doesn't know Tom Brady's address. And Anthony Rinaldi. Love the hardwood. That's my passion. Houston, they don't have a problem. Listen, you don't even have to listen. Now it's time for the show. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast Friday morning dab edition number five. Here I am, Andrew Romanella, alongside me, actually on the phone with me is my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, how are you? I am doing very well on this Friday morning, Anthony, and you know I'm even more excited because we are talking all baseball on the Friday morning dab, but before we do that, we're going to remind you, double A balls on Instagram and Twitter, social media, DAABpodcast.com, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, PowerArmPerformance.com for your gear and for your apparel. Anthony Rinaldi, I know the Yankees are playing well. They just took three or four from the Houston Astros. I know the Mets are playing terrible. They just got swept in three games by the Atlanta Braves. Shohei Otane might be hurt again. The Cubs, their starting rotation is starting to feel a little bit. Mookie Betts is single-handedly carrying the Boston Red Sox. But I don't want to start any of those places. Because the MLB power rankings came out, I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday. And I agree with a lot of it. But there are a few things, Anthony, I think I disagree with. Andrew, let me run them down real quick for the audience. Number one, Boston. Two, Arizona. Three, Astros. Yankees in fourth. Cubs coming in five. Your Mets at six, Blue Jays seven, Indians eight, Phillies in the ninth spot, and the Brewers. Obviously, we should focus probably on the top five. I mean, maybe we could throw in the top six since it's your Mets in there, Andrew. But I have my own power rankings, to tell you the truth. Because I think as much as I want to agree with their top five, I might shuffle it just a little bit. And I'm going to give my, my credence to the Houston Astros. Even though we just took three out of four from them, they are your world champs, so I think they deserve to be number one in the power rankings. Do you agree, Andrew? I agree, and even though the Astros just lost three of four to the Yankees, I've, I always come into every season saying that no matter what, the team to beat is always the team that won championship the year before. So, so for me, that, that's the first criteria. The second thing is – and I, I take away what happened with the Yankees because it's not like they got blown out in four games. Those were fantastic baseball games. They were one-run, two-run baseball games the entire time. You just have to tip your cap to the Yankees in the last three games of that series. But sitting, sitting where they're sitting right now, the Houston Astros, in my opinion, number one team in the league from two standpoints. They have five starters that you could throw on the mound every single day that you believe can go ahead and beat you. and you believe are probably better than any starter that you see. And secondly, again, for another year in a row, they're proving that they are a team that just doesn't strike out. It is so hard. See, when in, in game four, when Altuve's up with first and second and two outs, 
and Araldis Chapman just let, lifts his leg and throws three 101 mile per hour fastballs and strikes him out. I thought that was pretty telling for how the series went for the Astros because that's an ending the way that you really don't see the Astros get out. But to the Yankees' credit, they did a good job. But at the end of the day, man, until you knock them off, until I see a bad losing streak or until they just start playing really, really bad baseball, the Houston Astros are number one to me. Yeah, you get listen to this. You got Verlander, Morton, and Cole. Three of the top four ERAs right now, currently in the MLB. And those are arguably their first three starters uh, because uh, Keuchel's been struggling. But listen, I mean, besides besides a ninth-inning bomb by Gary Sanchez off Giles, I mean, Verlander was unhittable. Three hits, 14 Ks against us. Morton is the one pitcher who beat us. That dude was just raring back, throwing 98-mile-an-hour gas all night. And we didn't face Gary Cole this, this go-round. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy we took three out of four from the Astros. And like, like we said, on, I think on Tuesday's podcast, we talked about how a lot of the knucklehead newspapers were talking about, well, this is revenge for the Yankees for a Game 7 loss. So, no. no, no way near shape, any kind of form, was this three-game take out of Houston. Anything but tip your cap, all right, Yanks, good job. You know, we did what we did. And you can see uh, I'm actually happy with the Yankees because – it was coming from different players, Andrew. It wasn't just a long ball. It was Gliber Torres. It was, you know, defense. It was pitching. It was bullpen. You saw a little bit of all of the Yankees and what they have to offer in this four-game set against Houston. And you started to see Giancarlo Stanton continue to come out of the slump that he's in. And, and one thing about that is you just want people, more, more importantly, Yankees fans, to remember that Giancarlo Stanton in his eight-year career in the MLB is a 262 hitter. So it is going to be home runs, doubles, and busts for him. So you can't get used to what his batting average sees. You just have to look at that RBI total, that doubles total, and that home run total. And that's what matters. And it looks like he's getting there. And I agree. For me, the other side of it, too, was besides the fact that it was shared wealth, and, and truthfully, I think right now, Louis Severino could be a top five arm in the MLB. I mean, he is just that good. CC Sabathia is is turned back the clock. Maybe his stuff hasn't turned back the clock, but his ability to get guys out and be a very, very quality starter, top two, top three guy in your rotation has bounced back. And the other part of it is they came out and they lost game number one of this series, two to one. And you mentioned Charlie Morton before two hit baseball in eight innings. And it almost looked like the Astros, even though it was a two, one ball game, were just that much better than the Yankees it felt that way when you watch that whole game it just didn't feel like the Yankees were going to ever win then all of a sudden before you know it they win three straight and really kind of put a stamp on the fact that hey everybody I know we started 10 and 10 but we are we are ready to go we're reared back we're 21 and 10 now and we are going to be the best baseball team in baseball the remainder of the year honestly who who can you pitch to in this lineup it's not even a full lineup yet Bird's not there I mean, Drury's kind of coming back from injury. My boy Clint Frazier hitting bombs in AAA. So, I mean, does he have a roster spot coming up? I mean, the Yankees right now have, uh, you know, they would say it's a good problem to have. But, I mean, is it really a good problem to have if you're trying to shove all these players into your lineup? And, you you know, are you going to have to take out a, a hot bat like Andujar to put in Drury? You know, I don't know. That's going to have to be Booney's decision come come a few weeks from now, especially when Bird comes back in the lineup. Cause, and know, I – First base has been like a great little plug-and-play hole for many players to get in the young guys. Now you just need Greg Bird to come back, stay healthy, and hold it down. So we have the Astros at number one in our own personal power rankings. 
I I think we would have both agree the Yankees go in the two slot there. I I think, and in the previous power rankings, correct me if I'm wrong, Anthony, they were la- ranked fourth. Yeah, Yankees were four. Arizona was in the two hole. A- Arizona was in the two hole, and I would flip them personally, Andrew. I'd flip them, right? I agree, and I but I do agree. That, that Arizona is a team that deserves to be in that top three, but I agree. I think it's Houston, it's the Yankees, and it's the Astros. Well, Houston is the Astros. It's Houston, the Yankees, and the Diamondbacks. I would, I would just throw a Boston in there just because I want another AL East team in the top three. Because like, like you said earlier, Mookie Betts is, I think, an alien. The dude is, just, is a beast right now, and he's carrying that offense. Once they get Chris Sale and David Price going in the right direction, which you know typically they do, Tend to go in. David Price looked bad last night. Yeah, he, I, you know what? Ever since he left Tampa Bay, man, I, I don't know. He, he did that, that, that stint in Detroit. I think he went somewhere else for a few outings. He's, and, and even in Boston, he hasn't been the same David Price. I mean, the Yankees always used to hit him up, even in Tampa Bay, so it didn't bother me with the Boston. But I think he was kind of like over, a little bit of overhyped machine when David Price came to Boston. Well, right now, the only thing that scares me about the Red Sox, and they got shellacked last night by the Rangers, 11-5. to And I watched that game for a little bit. I was flipping back between the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. That Caps-Pens game was unreal. Oh, you mean, did you watch Lebr- Lebronto James last night? Unreal. I- I'm starting to actually get scared again about the 20 bananas I put on the line. Or is it just the fact that, the Toronto Raptors are that bad. Either way, go to DAABpodcast.com before we continue with the MLB Power Rankings and check out the article that we wrote yesterday, whether or not the regular season in the NBA matters. We'll touch on that on Tuesday, but just what Golden State and what Cleveland are doing kind of tell me that the regular season in the NBA doesn't really matter. It's the exact opposite to me. The regular season is so important, and I think what's – killing me about the Red Sox right now and it's the Mets too and I think it's a lot of teams that get off to a hot start and we expect them to continue to play that way is is Boston started the year 20 and 7 and in their last 12 games they're 5 and 7 and if you really look at it JD Martinez has been struggling Jackie Bradley Jr. can't sniff a base hit right now you don't have a lot of production coming out of your catcher's spot right now whether whether it's one of the two guys that they've been fluctuating in and out and you really look at Mookie Betts for the Red Sox and you kind of say man without Mookie Betts I mean he's leading in five different categories batting average home runs RBIs OBP and hits for the Red Sox right now and then you have Xander Bogarts and the aforementioned JD Martinez is overall having a good year but in the last three weeks hasn't looked good yeah Boston is I mean listen they're gonna they started off hot, kind of like your Mets did, right? And uh, obviously, they're playing a little under 500 ball now. Like, obviously, baseball, you know, as a coach, it's a long season, 162 games. There's a lot of ebbs and flows. And I wasn't too shocked when the Yankees kind of started off middling at 10 and 10. I wasn't shocked when the Mets were 11 and 1 at one point, and everyone thought they were the, the grace of the town. You know, things change. Everything comes back down to earth. You know, teams get go on little runs, little rolls here. So will the Yankees drop probably four or five in the upcoming in – in, in a month probably? You know what? It just, I just as, as John and Susan always say, that's just baseball. So I'm not too worried. Like I said, Boston came out hot out the gate, but they're coming back to earth. And you see their pitching staff really isn't – I don't think besides sale and price, I'm not impressed with Pomerantz and Rodriguez. That back-end rotation doesn't really scare me. 
similar to the Yankees, you know, besides our top two guns, two or three guns, you know, the back end rotation is kind of lacking. And the bullpen for Boston, you saw Kimbrell kind of get hit up a little bit the past few outings. He's not untouchable. So I think the AL East is going to be a dog race, Andrew. And I'm so glad we get to play Boston 19 more times. Or let's see, we play them three times, so 16 more times with an upcoming series, I think in two weeks or in a week. <laughs> I think it's. I think we are watching the rebirth of the Yankees Red Sox series from the '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, the Red Sox kind of went on a little bit of a, a bully beatdown on us for a minute. You know, winning a few championships. We we always held that 1908 moniker or 1917, whatever year they won it over them. Then all of a sudden they rattled off a few victories. I think in 2000, what seven? 2004. And I believe it was 2007. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of won back. They, they kind of won two and three, three or four years there, and kind of rubbed it in our faces. And we kind of like the the, the rivalry kind of dimmed down. You know, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, you know, Pedro Martinez, those guys. When the Yankees were in their heyday, we you know we hated each other. And then these new set of players kind of came in. And I almost feel like the Yankees have more of a are going to start having more of a little war with Houston than anything, just because Houston's going to be good and the Yankees are good and they beat up on us last year. But yeah, you're right, Boston. That rivalry, I think, is going gonna, is, is gonna to reignite, especially if, you know, tempers flare a little bit, which obviously is always funny in baseball. I get a kick out of when somebody goes to charge the mound and the pitcher hurls their glove at him. You know, that's what they teach guys. Like, that's like if, a, there's a 240-pound man charging. Why, why, why do they do that? Think about it. Well, I guess take them off their game. Yes. Like, sidestep them. Yes. You know, so, I mean, it makes sense, but I just, I just find it comical. Not to go the idea game. is it's twofold, right? And you've seen a lot of different guys do it. I mean, no one does it better than Nolan Ryan, oh, yeah. who essentially just took Robin Ventura and made him his own personal punching bag. So uh, that's a good lesson for Robin Ventura. But they do it because as they're about to reach the mound, you can either A, start walking backwards. So they have to go uphill, back downhill, and they kind of get their, their footing off. But you, you just throw it so they kind of shield their face for a second because for some reason, and you're laughing because it's 240-pound men. What's the glove going to do? Well, why do every time you throw a glove at them, they always cover their face and protect it? So the idea is you throw the glove, they kind of take their head off of you a little bit, and now you have a chance to set yourself up for whatever because think about it they have a 60 foot head start even though you get to throw a 98 mile per hour fastball at their back at the end of the day in terms of the punches that are about to be thrown in the fight they got a 60 foot head start so they do that to divert and then hopefully save themselves from getting pummeled by majority of those guys we'll have to try that next time we're at the, that rock yeah we'll, we'll test it out maybe we'll put that on youtube you pitch we'll, you pitch, throw, throw a heater at me, I'll come and charge at you. Yeah, yeah, all right, heater, you mean uh, really, really soft ball that may make a mark, may not. There's a few guys right now in the bigs that are carrying their teams as starters in their rotation, and a few years ago, Zach Granke signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and at that moment in time, we all kind of looked at it, and, and it was the whole entire baseball world and said, wow, the Diamondbacks are going to be really good. They have some really good young talent offensively coming up right now. Um, I mean, if you haven't watched A.J. Pollock play baseball, then you are absolutely missing out on one of the better players in the game. David Peralta is actually a stud. Um, they have some really good talent. And, of course, Paul Goldschmidt, Jake Lamb. You go down the list, and, and Arizona is, is a really good ball club. But that's not why I want to talk about him because the guy that I, I think – is the most impressive to me right now is Patrick Corbin. 
And I, again, I mentioned Zach Greinke because we assumed that during the time of Zach Greinke's contract, he would be the guy leading this staff. Well, right now, if you look at Patrick Corbin's numbers, he's made seven starts this year. He's 4-0 and with a 2-1-5 ERA. He's only given up 26 hits in 46 innings, and he has 60 Ks compared to only nine walks. He hasn't even hit the double-digit marks in walks. And then you look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, and, and they're 21-10. and 10. They're in first place in the NL West right now. And you say to yourself, wow, this team might actually have the ace to lead them and the ability offensively to take a very stacked a NL West. Yeah, and you look at kind of real quickly, Andrew, I'll, I'll, I'll bust it out for you. You got Diamondbacks in first, the Colorado Rockies, the upstart Giants, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Padres. Yeah, when you came into it, you thought the Dodgers would probably be ahead of the class in that division. But they're not going to stay 14 and 17. No, no, listen, the Dodgers may figure it out, especially if they trade for Manny Machado. The Giants, I don't think the Giants, I mean, the Giants are kind of hanging in there without Bumgarner. Once he gets back, I think in a, in a week or two, you'll see them start to start to push, push it. Colorado, they're a good team, good offensively. Pitching's kind of suspect. They're playing that friggin' uh, band box of a ballpark where the ball flies out. And no one's hitting on that roster right now either, which is I, crazy. I mean, besides Arenado and Blackman. Right, that's it. They're the only two. That's what, I mean, that's really all they got. But, I mean, Arizona was a playoff team last year, and we thought they may make that little jump this year. I mean, when you have a plus 39 run differential, that's pretty good. But they've lost two in a row, Andrew, to the Diamondbacks. I, I mean, to the Dodgers, right? I think the Dodgers. Yes, sir. So you you, you kind of see, you know, obviously, again, like the Boston and Mets start when they started off, I think, like 21 and 8 or something crazy. Like that. That's not going to be, you know, you're not going to win at a, a 750 clip like that. So you got to expect them to come back down to earth. And you said, I mean, I was surprised by Patrick Corbin, obviously being a fantasy nerd that I am. I kind of know most of these guys. You know, they just threw Robbie Ray on the DL. That's going to be a big blow for them. But even Grinky's not pitching well, but they're, 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 they're winning, Andrew, and they're winning with offense. A.J. Pollock, Goldschmidt, even their leadoff hitter, David Peralta, dude's on base, I think, 10 out of 10 times. It's crazy. And when you're on base, good things happen. And, and you know what's crazy about that is overall, as a team, they, they are not a very good hitting team. I believe they rank like top, fifth, top, top 15 or, or bottom 15 or bottom, bottom 10 in, in the National League in terms of a lot of the offensive categories, definitely an overall team batting average. But as, as you and I both know, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't really matter. You need your three or four guys, your, your three or four guys you lean on to be consistent the whole year. And then you need those other five spots in the lineup to pick their times to be hot and get you the production that they need. And I think that's exactly what's happening with Arizona right now. And as their pitching staff hopefully begins to get stronger, obviously you mentioned Zach Granke. Robbie Ray is going to be a huge loss for them. What Was he fantastic? No, but was he doing things that helped them in a three, four, or five starter role? 100%. And Tawan Walker is the other guy I look at. He came over from the Mariners. He's doing his job. Um, so you just need Granky to continue to get a little bit better. He has in his last three starts, he's got some pretty good numbers, uh, six innings, six innings, seven innings, 6.1 innings in his last four starts. He's won three of those four starts. His ERA has gotten down to a four five. He's starting to strike out more guys. He had nine 
a few weeks ago, and then he had 10 in his last start. So you, you start to see that production out of the guy you expect to be your ace, and, and, and you know it as a Yankees fan right now with the three-headed monster of Tanaka, CC and Luis Severino, if you have two or three guys at the top of your rotation every five days giving you quality starts and giving you a chance to win ball games, you're going to be a very good team in this league. I think you can almost say that for all the those top power, those top five teams that we're talking about. We kind of went through one through four. Andrew, who do you have in the five hole? ESPN was saying it was the Cubbies. I know you mentioned they're, 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 they're kind of coming to form. But I may throw Cleveland in there. I know they're kind of also lying in the weeds, kind of middling. I think they're 16 and 14 or 17 and 14, something like that. They lost last night. In- 17 and 14. But I, I'm just going off of what you just said about starting pitching, and they have Kluber, Carrasco, and Bauer. If Bauer's not bitching about spin rate in Houston, dude's a pretty good pitcher himself. So you see what I mean there? I'm, I'm going to throw Cleveland in my five hole. Who are you going to put in the tie? As, as- the first thing I'm going to say is I take zero stock in what Trevor Bauer said because at the end of the day, and Michael K says this all the time, don't be prepared to call anybody else out on what they're doing in their dugout or on their sidelines if you're not pre- prepared, if your house isn't clean, essentially. Right. So, uh, so for me, first things first, Trevor Bauer, just shut up. Go play some baseball. Like, stop worrying about their spin rate and just keep worrying about how you can get guys out. And I forget who it was that re- replied to him on Twitter, but he said all the right things. Like, yo, you worked way too hard for this to be making comments like that. So I digress. But either way, that just bothered me. Just, just leave it alone. Go play baseball. Leave that up to other people to figure out. You just go be a player in the game. But I wouldn't put Cleveland there. Uh, right now, I don't think they're playing as well as they will be. I think well, when all said and done, they will be a top five team in the league. But I'm I'm struggling right now, and there's two teams I look at. The first one is the Los Angeles Angels. I, I know the Yankees did work with them, but Mike Trout is hands down, flat out, the best player in baseball. I think his wins above replacement is better than like three or four teams' total combined lineups. They came out and won three straight. After losing to the Yankees, they're sitting at 19 and 12 right now. I mean, they beat a bad Orioles team, but at the end of the day, they had lost four straight going into that series, and they beat a team that they should beat. And right now, they have a half game lead on the Houston Astros, which, of course, we're only 32 games in, so that'll change ridiculously. But I put the Angels there, and then Anthony, the other team I give consideration, and you could call me crazy. And, and I'm, I'm a little upset about it because I went to the Mets-Braves game the other day. But the Atlanta Braves, it's about time. And I need to see them sustain this over 162. But they're 19 and 11 right now. They've won five straight. And, and here, how about these three statistics? In all of baseball, the Atlanta Braves are third in runs scored as a team. They are second in total hits as a team. And they are first in batting average as a team. Run differential plus fifty seven for your Atlanta Braves. This is looking I, like the nineties Braves. The only team. This is the only team in America that the Mets have never, ever found a way to beat. And and people might just say, oh well, they're. I'm I'm making the point. Well, they're better this year, Andrew. No, no wonder the Mets just got swept by them in three games. No, 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 no. The Braves could be forty and one forty two, and probably ten of those forty wins came against the New York Mets. Well, yesterday, I mean, yesterday's game, the the Mets have never hit Julio Tejeron, right? No, like he's never. always He's always always been a Met killer. But I think it's not so much the pitching this, that like everyone's accustomed to the Braves when they had Glavin and Smoltz. They could swing it. 
and that other guy, I forgot his name. He's a pretty good pitcher too. But now they're doing it with hitting. They got these young characters. Oh, you're Greg Maddox. Oh yeah, him. Yeah, he's pretty good. Hall of Famer, I think. Yeah, hey, he's all right. He's all right. He's pretty good. Pretty good at chucking the baseball around. But look at they got they got what they got that dude Albies, that young second is second baseman, I think. Ozzy Albies. He's a stud. And Ocuna, right? Ronald Ocuna. They called him up. Yep. And they they straight molly the Mets. Dude, for a three zero sweep, I mean eleven nothing yesterday, Andrew. Wow. I mean, the Mets didn't put up runs in two straight games. Not a good recipe. Not I a good recipe. The, and I went to the game, Anthony, on Wednesday. And I, I what, what's even crazier about it? First off, they're using the pitcher a lot of times in the eight hole, which I think is the best decision ever because en, Ender Inciarte is their nine hitter. And he's flipping the lineup back over to Albies, who you just mentioned. And so yeah. from, from Ender Inciarte at the nine hole, hitting 267 with an on-base percentage of 330, right, to Ozzy Albies, who's hitting 280 with an on-base percentage of 325, right, you, you all of a sudden go down the line, you have Freddie Freeman, Nick Markakis, Dansby Swanson, and you're all of a sudden saying to yourself, there isn't an easy out in this lineup. And the other more important part of the whole conversation is this is one of the most simple hitting teams I've ever witnessed. And the Mets have played the Braves, I believe it's six times already this year. And in all six of those games, and then the one in person I watched the other day, man, are they simple. Freddie Freeman went three for four the other day with three singles. He didn't try and do anything special. He didn't try and be a hero. He's got some of the best power in the league, but it doesn't matter because he's just doing what he needs to do. So you look at his numbers, say, oh, he's only got four home runs. Who cares? He's got 22 ribbies, 12 doubles, and he's getting out for say, on base 44% of the time. Nick Markakis, same thing. Yeah, he's got home run power. It doesn't matter. He's getting on base 43% of the time. And then their new upstart third baseman, Ryan Flaherty, is a freaking stud. He's getting on base 41% of the time. That is a recipe for success offensively. And you just nailed it. I mean, they're just – they're doing the little things for well, you baseball gurus love the little, just, you know, move the guy ahead, move the runner ahead of you. Don't, don't do too much. Stay in your lane and just take the ball opposite field. And then all of a sudden they put runs up on the board and you're looking at it going, how the hell did this happen? Numbers on the board yeah. too. Not even just one or two multiple. That's demoralizing for a team when you can score multiple runs in multiple innings. I know that sounds really simple, just saying it, but when you look at the board in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth inning, a team scored one or two runs in every one of those innings, it's unbelievably demoralizing. What's demoralizing is looking at Matt Harvey's numbers. Oh, he is bad. He's terrible. What happened to this dude? He's bad. The nightlife in New York has caught up to him. The, the Mets bullpen really isn't that good offensively they've struggled in the last six games to really produce put anything together but and this is why i'm not hitting the panic button this is why i'll never hit the panic button the mets are still in a really good spot they're 17 and 12 coming off of a three-game losing streak they got big series against the rockies at home they need to find a way to be more consistent. One day it's the offense, great, but the bullpen's terrible. The next day you have a great start, but the offense can't hit. Then the next day the offense hits, you have a great start, the bullpen falls apart. Then the next day the defense might make a play that leads to two more runs. At the end of the day, I'm waiting for this team to play consistent baseball for what feels like the first time in about a month. Listen, that's the great part about starting off 11-1 and if you're the Mets. There's, there's room for these kind of – 
doldrums where you're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna lose three to the to Braves. Obviously, you don't want to lose three to your in in conference rivals, but you know things could be worse for the Mets. But yeah, I don't know what you do with that Harvey character. I think at the end of the day, obviously he's got next year, right? I think this is his last year with the Mets. I don't think they're gonna resign him. No, I think you give him. There's no harm, right? Unless it keeps getting this bad. There's no harm in keeping him and continuing to try and fix it, especially if you can find him spots in games when it might not really matter, quote-unquote. And then hopefully you can get something out of him, and by the time the trade deadline comes around, even if you trade him for a bag of peanuts, you can at least trade him for something as opposed to nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, listen, we'll give you Neil Walker for Matt Harvey. And and you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Neil Walker was almost our starting second baseman for the third straight year in a row. So that is the... Power rankings Friday morning dab for the folks. I think at the end of the day, the show ranked the Astros number one, the Yankees number two, the Diamondbacks number three, the Red Sox number four, and then split it, I believe, between the Angels and the Cleveland Indians for the five spots. I love the Friday morning dab. I love when it's all baseball, Anthony Rinaldi, and I love when our listeners get involved with us on social media. Remember, Instagram and Twitter. Social media. At double A balls on both. DoubleABpodcast.com. Visit the website. Like our articles. Check some stuff out. Hit the shop DAAB podcast button. Head over to poweronperformance.com. Get your gear. And, of course, subscribe. Rate the podcast. Let us know how it is. iTunes, Podbean, Anchor. Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Andrew Romanella. That is my partner, Anthony Rinaldi. Andrew, tell your friends, tell your friends. Tuesday podcast. Can't wait to talk about my new head coach, David Fisdale, son. Listen in on Tuesday. We have a lot of NBA to talk about. The Knicks hire a new head coach. LeBron is the best player in the world. The Toronto Raptors are really sketchy, and the Golden State Warriors do not care about the regular season. Friday morning dab, edition five, Double A Balls podcast. We are out. This has been the Double A Balls podcast, powered by Power Arm Performance your leader in baseball and softball training apparel. Visit www.poweronperformance.com to get your apparel and start training like the pros today.